All right, guys, what's happening? What's happening, fellas? Man, you know, living large and in charge like we always do, Marky Mark. Okay, big ball, uh, shot call, uh. What we got today on the slate, Jawan? From Discovery Plus, this is Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers. I am the one and only Dalen Spratt. And I am the Marcus Harvey. And I am the paranormal poppy, Jawan Mass. And if you have not seen our hit show. Oh, it's a hit. I mean, listen, we are the world. I mean, the galaxy. Paranormal premier investigators. I mean, listen, we love the history. We love investigating. And Jawan, tell them what else we love. We love to get scared. On this podcast, we will look at some of the most infamous creepy tales. Mm-hmm. I mean, where did these urban legends come from? I mean, we'll investigate them. We'll talk to some experts and maybe even channel some spirits. <laughs> well, today we are talking about the legend that originated in Brazil, mm-hmm. Indiana. <laughs> you brought us up. You got me, hey, you got me really it. intrigued. Good old pump and dump. Pump and dump. <laughs> There's a cemetery there that dates back to the Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. To get to the top, you must climb 100 steps. Mm-hmm. And when you do, you might look down to see the ghost of the cemetery's caretaker staring back at you. It's the creepy tale of the 100. Steps Cemetery. I mean, listen, so apparently this 100 Steps Cemetery, it's actually one of the most haunted in the state. Wait, wait, wait. How many cemeteries are there in Indiana? Like, is that a thing? Come on, bro. Chill out. Give it some credit where credit is due. I'm saying uh, what makes it so haunted? All right, listen to this. Break it down, Joel. This legend goes back hundreds of years. But a lot of folks point to an article that ran in a local newspaper in November 1892. The headline read, Work of Body Snatchers. This is what it says. The citizens of Posey Township of this county are greatly stirred up over a ghastly discovery made at the Carpenter Cemetery, one half mile south of Cloverdale, yesterday afternoon. About two years ago, George West, a wealthy farmer of that place, buried his daughter, Miss Emma. She died of an ordinary disease and nothing to cause any fear of her grave being molested was apprehended. Recently, Mr. West bought a lot in the cemetery and yesterday engaged in assistance to help him remove his daughter's remains to new grounds. When the coffin was reached all present were startled to find it upside down in the box and the corpse missing. Let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. The father, George, rich farmer, right? Curious George. Okay, okay. Buries his daughter. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes to move her grave, her body's missing? That's right, bro. So they think Miss Emma is haunting the cemetery. Hey, she very well could be. There's actually a few myths tied to this cemetery. One is about the steps themselves. So legend has it, at midnight, on a night with no moon, you're supposed to count the steps as you go up and then count again as you go down. When you come down, you'll never hit 100. Might be over, might be under. 
And whose fault is that? It's evidence of a ghostly spirit, bro. Or it's Emma. It very well could be, Dalen. And get this. ISU, Indiana State University. You familiar with that, right, bro? Yeah, maybe. Uh-huh. Actually has this project where they've gathered all these accounts of a hundred steps. Dozens, maybe even hundreds. I found one here from Courtney. She told them this in 1996. When she was 18 years old, she said that myth, it's actually true. Her words, there were 100 steps going up to the graveyard and only 91 coming back down. Hmm. So to this day, this paranormal force is doing this to the people. To the people. Well, that was 1990s. Okay, got you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you think it started in the late 1800s, that's a long time. Think about it. Now, one of the scariest stories about the cemetery is about the caretaker. Right, Marcus? Mm-hmm. So again, you count the steps as you go up and down. This time, they say you do it out loud. And when you get to the top, you turn around and you'll see the ghost of the original caretaker. Mm. And get this. Some say you'll even see an apparition of the way you'll die. Oh, hell no. Oh, man. After that scary vision goes away, you're walking down, counting aloud, and if you hit 100 steps, then it means it will not come true. But if your count is more or less, then it will. And don't try to jump off the side of the grassy hill because a devilish hand might just reach up and grab you. There's even stories about a deep red handprint that's left on the stairs for days. All right, man. So, yeah, this cemetery is definitely haunted. Oh, for sure. I found a story that sounds like it may be an encounter with the caretaker. Listen to this. So in 1995, a 16-year-old girl named Mandy Camp claimed her sister and some of her friends walked the steps, counting aloud on their way up, and they saw him. In her letter, she actually calls him that guy, but she means the caretaker. This ghost is just casual. I mean, everyone's like, you know, uh... That guy, you know. And in 2003, you have Chris Smith reporting he saw robed figures during a full moon doing, quote, satanic shit. Mm, that's definitely what they be doing. They, if they in some robe and they not in the choir, mm, they, they definitely and do they not some in, satanic shit. They definitely do some satanic shit. Okay. So, I mean, listen, guys, there's a lot happening at this cemetery. Yeah. Cemeteries are like 99.9999999% off all the time, you know. Speaking of cemeteries... Mm-hmm. I need to break in because we have a listener submission. Ooh, a cemetery one? That's right, Jawan. Man, we have such good listeners. We do, we do. Now, this cemetery is not in Indiana because we know where the most haunted ones are, right? Mm Mm-hmm. A hundred steps. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Shout out to Detroit. Motor City. Motown. Look, Jawad, this cemetery might be familiar to you mm. because our listener, Tony Bogan, mm-hmm. is bringing a story straight from Chicago. Hey, Chicago. another one from Chi-Town. My city is not playing around. So it was about 3 a.m. and I was coming back from downtown Chicago, coming home, coming down Archer, um, which is the quickest way to get to the house. So I'm riding down Archer and... I noticed in the distance to the left next to the cemetery, Resurrection Cemetery, um, that there was this lady that was just walking 
And I had the worst fear because she was in a earlier period type dress. And you can kind of see through her, but you couldn't see through her. But she was like a solid white. And I knew that it was not a human because something inside of me was like, don't look at her, don't look at her, don't look at her. And as I'm coming up, it's like she paused and I just punched it, like did like 70. And the police station is right there. And I'm like, well, if they just catch me, I'm just going to get caught because I know what I just saw. So at one of my daughter's games, there were a couple of police officers that was there. And this was like two days later. And I just happened to mention to him, I'm like, yo, you know, I was coming down Archer and I saw the weirdest thing next to the cemetery. And I, I described um, the, the spirit and things like that. He calls his partner over and says, tell him what you just told me. And as soon as I tell them the story, they're like, oh, my God, you actually saw the ghost. You saw Cemetery Mary. And they was like, you didn't look at her because apparently you're not supposed to look at her. I looked at her, but I didn't look at her and I um, just punched it. So that is my story. And actually, I never ride down Archer past the cemetery at night. I will literally drive the extra five minute around trip in order for me to avoid that particular street when it's dark outside. Tony says she glanced. Mm -hmm. She said, I glanced. I ain't looking at her. I glanced. She said, listen, it's a difference. <laughs> it's a difference now. <laughs> you I die when you look. When you but look, when you glance, you're good. You, you can good. get out of there when you glance. I will say, I think this is the first time I've ever heard of a drive-by ghost sighting. Like, she doesn't even leave the vehicle. Like, she just starts looking out the window. And there she is, Cemetery Mary. In her old-time clothes, because she's a ghost, you know what I'm saying? Well, glad Tony lived to tell the tale. Tony... Thank you so much for sharing your story. It was a scary one for sure. And remember, if you're listening and want to share a recent paranormal experience of your own, send us a voice memo to storiesforghostbrothers at gmail.com. Hey, well, listen, on that note, <laughs> let's take a break. And when we're back, Marcus is going to be interviewing one and only Jason Hawes oh. of the Ghost Nation fame. Hey. You will not want to miss it. <laughs> Every episode, our show, Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers, we like to bring someone on to dig deep into these legends with us. And today we have the ghost hunter of OG, OG ghost hunting, Jason Hawes, <laughs> on the show today. I'm talking about, we brought out the big guns, y'all. We got it popping because we got Ghost Nation's own Jason, I'm telling you. He is like the elite. So I'm excited to have him on our show. Jason, how's it going, sir? Thanks for having me, man. It's going great. How are you doing? Man, I'm amazing. Quick question. You've been doing this since the beginning of the genre, pretty much. Like, you guys were like the... Yeah, I guess we kind of started the genre. That's, if yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, how does it feel to, like, see something that you've started, like, grow to this type of magnitude where it's like people use their name that when they describe this type of act, they use your name. You know what I'm saying? 
Well, it's it's an honor because honestly, initially when we we agreed to do Ghost Hunters back in 2004, it was with Craig Pelligian and Pilgrim Films at that time was a tiny little company. And uh, I had met up with a bunch of producers. We turned down doing television like five times. We didn't want to be on TV. And uh, Craig sat me down and said, uh, he goes, hey, you know what? If you don't do it, somebody's going to. And and it was true. And then we thought, how are they going to represent the field? How are they going to make it look? So we figured we did you know a season and... Uh, you know, at least made it more open, an open subject where people could talk about it and not feel strange, then, uh, then we would have really helped out the field. And who would have thought, I mean, that's 2004. Now we're 17 years later. I mean, Ghost Hunters was airing in 140 countries. It was the top watch to this day, top watch paranormal show ever. To this and, day. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, man, I, I just, you know, it's like, it's like almost like knowing that you started a league as well as start like as starring in the league as well as like leading the technology so like you know with us we're not as novice as we were but we are still learning and we know that you have had many experiences such as in cemeteries so this subject that we have today is the hundred step cemetery have you ever heard about that hundred step cemetery you know that does sound familiar but I'm, uh, you'll have to bring me up to speed on it a little bit Listen, they say that you like walk a hundred steps, but you have to count the steps and you might get to the top of that step and you'll see like the caretaker. Right. And he'll tell you like what date and how you die. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. And who the hell wants to know that? I don't I mean, know. Who? I was going to ask I, you. I, well, think about this. If somebody if I don't want to know if I'm going to be dead in a hundred days and I'm going to live these hundred days differently. I mean, just uh yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go walking up those steps, counting the steps, hoping to run into a caretaker. I mean, that's just not something uh, I don't know. It's well, I just would well, not want to know. One thing I would. Uh, well, let me just object to that a little bit. I would want to know at like what day because I don't want to be like wasting the day. Like, you know, I don't want to be like scrolling Instagram the whole day. knowing that was my last day. You give yourself a heart attack the day ahead of time. I could have done attack. a lot more with my day than be in a rabbit hole on YouTube about <laughs> or watch TikTok videos. Like, yeah, I mean, you lose four four hours of your I, life watching I, TikTok. I, I know. I just I just learned this routine for nothing. Why did <laughs> I learn this two hour routine and I had two hours left? Well, no, well, because I mean, can you imagine how you're going to be the days leading up to it? It's yeah, especially especially the day right before. And uh, the least thing you want to know is how you go. It's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. Let's hope it's in our sleep and, uh, uh, you know, peacefully. But, geez, I don't, I don't think I want somebody telling me how I'm going to go. And how do you get this? I mean, where does this legend come from? If you think about it, because who the hell did this and survived to tell you? There we oh. go. Let me ask you this. Have you had any other like experiences in cemeteries since you guys have like, you know, traveled the world? I mean, y'all have gone all over. How many countries have y'all hit? Oh, geez. Um, I can't even tell you. I know I, we, I've been in numerous other countries. Um, you know, cemeteries are tough because first off, it's the whole Hollywood is what makes them terrifying in the first place. But we have investigated uh, certain cemeteries like we, in Rhode Island. We've got Mercy Brown. Now, Mercy Brown, that's like the vampire in Rhode Island is considered like the vampire capital of the U.S. because Bram Stoker came here to do research to write Dracula because of Mercy Brown. I mean, you can look up the story of Mercy Brown. She was dug up. Um, I mean, her family removed different organs cooked it on the rock next to her uh, her grave 
then put it into a soup to feed her brother, thinking that that would cure him. And it, of course, it didn't. But uh, it was so she, it was, she it, making rock she making rocks stomach soup over here, thinking yeah, that's going to heal mean, her brother. Yeah, and it was it was all of course tuberculosis and exemption stuff of that nature. But the story still lives on, and mm. any you can look up Mercy Brown. I mean, it's a really interesting that's story. Um, yeah. At that point, they were thinking that she was a vampire, that people were getting sick because of her and uh, that she'd be wandering through the village. And that's literally four miles down the street from me. Uh, You know, the sad part is people used to go and steal her headstone all the time. So, like, what kind of experiences did you have there? Well, of course, when you're in a cemetery, but you're outside, so you have to take into consideration that you're going to be dealing with a lot of contamination issues. But you do get sound. You get voices. you, You hear movements. Now, is that anything paranormal? Very possibly not, because you're dealing with you're dealing with woods that are all around the place and everything else. So it could be anything. It could also be that your your fear heightened because you're you're waiting for anything. You're already in a cemetery, which is kind of a you know bothersome at night. And uh, so anything that happens, you you chalk up as as possibly paranormal or some sort of a you know ghost or or something of that nature. So you were saying that most bodies are being prepared for about five days prior to even getting to the cemetery. And Mercy Brown is actually even stranger. Mercy Brown, when she died, it was the ground was frozen. So they stuck her in a shed that's there on the property. And she was there for quite a while before they the ground thought enough for them to be able to dig it and bury her. And, uh, you know, then then the whole thing is when they dug her up, they claim her hair grew or nails grew. But that's not uncommon for somebody who died. I mean, your your dead cell cells are coming out yeah wow that's deep that they can have a whole like uh theory on how (laughs) devilish and demonic or vampire-ish you are (laughs) by just nature you know what i'm saying and especially living here in new england i mean there's so many so many legends so many stories and stuff like up here we've got uh, right over the border we've got dudley town connecticut it was a village that was it was called dudley town it was by the dudley family but it was founded back in the mid 18th century and during that time you know it was a you know, prosperous community and people were living but things started just happening freak accidents uh, people having short lives uh, things like that and the speculation that the town was cursed so you get all these people. First off, you get people killing each other. Then you get everybody moving out. And then, you know, finally, some of the, the Dudleys stayed and, and God only knows what happened to them. But at one point, there was a story that, that one of the last remaining Dudleys came into the next town all beaten and, and battered and said that he was attacked by this weird type creature in the woods. So is it possible? Yeah. But I mean, we're, we're talking something back in the 18th century, which, of course, is looked at very differently than, than now. Yeah. That's deep. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is so smart. I can listen to you talk about the paranormal uh, forever uh, and ever because it's so interesting how you like your perspective is what is. How did you gain the interest into getting into the paranormal? Like you, it says like on your Wikipedia that you were a plumber. So how you go from being a plumber to being the renowned, you know, person in this field? Well, it's funny. I, so I was involved in the paranormal before I became a plumber. I, I had an experience that I never really thought much of the paranormal, but I had an experience back when I was about 18, 19, where I saw something and I saw an apparition. And from there, I tried to understand how these things were possible. But when you go and you research, I mean, 
everybody just talks about it's a ghost or this speck of dust that people are taking pictures of is a ghost. And I mean, you can create those spec, those orbs and everything by slapping a pillow in the dark and taking a picture. So I was always one of those people that I had to really get in and try to figure it out myself and not just take somebody else's word for it. So I started looking into these different claims of the paranormal and how these things were possible. And actually Steve reached out to me a couple of years later. And uh, so he became one of my, my first people that I go and investigate with. And it was just one of those things where a couple of guys were trying to figure out how these things were possible, looking for explanations. And it blew up into what it is today. And I'm a firm believer in the paranormal. I just believe 80% of all claims can be disproved. And, uh, and para is just a Greek word for beyond. So it's just beyond the normal of what we're used to. So if you look back, you know, a hundred years or whatever, you can see you know, microwave signals and things of that nature would fall under paranormal because it was things beyond our, our understanding at that time. Correct. So uh, hopefully someday ghosts and that stuff will, uh, will all be figured out and then it wouldn't be considered paranormal anymore. What I really like about your approach is that like one, you're serious. So everybody knows exactly how you, what you stand for is what you stand for. And, well, and we weren't, and we weren't put together to make a television show. We existed exactly. long, long before television. So we were an existing group that really went out and, and did these things. And when television is gone, we'll still do these things because we're looking for answers, whether cameras are rolling on us or not. And I think that's, uh, that's always been really important to us is, is that we're we're truly out there trying to trying to figure this stuff out. The authenticity, man. Hey, man, thank you, Jason. I, I always feel smarter after I talk with you. I feel like I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're you're a pretty pretty smart guy, man. Hey, I, man. I get to hang out with you, and, and uh, yeah, it was a blast. It really was. Thank you so very much, Jason. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we return, I have a little game in store for Marcus and Juwan. So what's this game you got for us? Well, when I heard we were going to be talking about a cemetery today, I thought, you know, there's so many creepy stories set in cemeteries. I'm calling it Cemetery Mm -hmm. or Cinema. Tell me more, bro. Tell me more. Look, I'm going to give you a little bit of trivia. Okay. And you tell me, is this a real fact about a cemetery or a work of fiction from a movie? You've seen a lot of movies, Mark. I'll I'll be watching movies. We got to watch Dalen, though. He likes to embellish, so this is going to be a tricky one. Hey, 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 hey. You're going to get it how you get it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's getting good. Because it's getting good. Okay, Juwan, you're up first, my good sir. Let's go. Cemetery or cinema? Outside the small mining town of Silver Cliff, Colorado, there's a cemetery. And legend has it, blue lights dance across the gravestones. Cemetery or cinema? Mm, I'm going with cemetery. Oh, you coming out firing hot. Yeah. That's true, man. Yeah. Look, the cemetery's real. Mm -hmm. And in 1969, in the issue of National Geographic, a writer went to the cemetery and saw these blue lights. They questioned, you know, what could have caused this? You know, trying to debunk it and all that. But it's the reflection of the city lights that people thought. But this guy, Bill, who ran the campground, said something interesting. And I quote, only trouble is my wife and I have both seen these lights when the fog was so thick you couldn't see the town at all. End quote. Hmm. So, yeah, man, you got that one right, bro. Good job. Marky Mark. Thank you. It's on you now, my good sir. Let's have it. 
Now, this is an Indiana-specific one. Okay. Cemetery or cinema? All right, I'm ready. Step Cemetery is haunted by a religious cult known as the Crabites. And this is a cult used to do all kinds of nasty, freaky, Mm. musty things. Filthy. (laughs) And now they are haunting these graves. Cinema or cemetery? I'm going to go with cinema. Just for the sheer fact that they're named Crab Bites. And that sounds like an appetizer. (laughs) (laughs) That you would order? (laughs) (laughs) Let's order a couple Crab crab Bites. Let me get two Crab Bites. Are they crispy? (laughs) Oh, you undercut my Crab Bites last time, man. Keep me crispy. This is, in fact, cemetery. This is true. And I cannot have Crab Bites coming after my brother. Oh, man. Oh, Crab Bites. My bad. I did not know that y'all sounded like an appetizer. My bad, Crab Bites. Marcus. Crab Bite on. Marcus, this is a real cemetery in Indiana called Step Cemetery, and it's haunted. You got to find them Crab Bites. Oh, my gosh. Look, Crab Bites, please. Stand down. Stand (laughs) Stand by and stand down. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Juwan. Yeah. Your turn. Okay. So this is a cemetery, or is it a cinema? Mm-hmm. Two siblings, a brother and a sister, go to visit their dad's gravesite in Pennsylvania. And while they're there, a man in ragged clothing kills the brother. Juwan, cinema or cemetery? Oh, my gosh. Let's go with cinema. Oh, okay. You must have seen the 1968 classic movie, Night of the Living Dead. It sounded like a movie. It it really was. It's literally the opening scene of Night of the Living Dead. Marcus. Uh Uh-huh. Cemetery or cinema? All right. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Not far from Salem, Massachusetts. There we go. There's a cemetery that is reportedly haunted by a big black cat. Mm. But not only is it any black cat. It is the reincarnation of a boy from 1693. Oh, that's cinema. Because <laughs> yeah. ain't nothing happened back then. Listen, I, <laughs> listen if, that's some back, if that's some history, that's some good history. Because America didn't even start till it, 1776. Come on now. You went back deep. Come on now. I know my numbers now. <laughs> he was in the crates. I so know So tell him numbers. if he's wrong. They no, like, you're I, absolutely right. This is cinema. <laughs> that's actually the plot line to the 1993 movie Hocus Pocus. Okay. But that's okay. I love Hocus Pocus. That's okay. It's we actually have what seems to be a tie. Because I had two correct. Listen. Well, crab bites don't the count. Crab no, bites. That don't count. No, that it's funny. That's a, that's a trick question. It's no, funny it was not a trick it. question. Well, it definitely was a trick. It's a real life organization. Who names that's anything on your crab ass. Bites? <laughs> Listen, I looked it up, bro. Okay. What'd you look up? I looked up crab bites. Okay. And okay. hey, what is it? What'd you find? They actually do not exist anymore. Woo! Marcus, Uh-oh. boy. You, you, yeah, you. Ooh, it so might think, be, hey, it might be some it, rogue affiliates out here, saying, though. Just say, hey, but back in the day, mm-hmm. they were known for handling snakes. Oh. Okay. Speaking in tongues and orgies. Oh, oh whoa, wait, wait, wait. Orgies? So, wait, 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 how you get. Wait, so watch you, out about those crabite ghosts. But they, how you put speaking in tongues in the middle of that? You can't, like, squeeze speaking so, in tongues between orgies and snakes. So we are sure that there aren't any more member intakes. I, I don't know. Please, okay, right, I don't know. Okay, okay, well, all right. Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers is a Discovery Plus podcast. From Discovery Plus, our executive producer is Marissa Lucy. Our show is produced by Neon Hum Media. Hey, and at Neon Hum, our executive producer is Jonathan Hirsch. Our lead producer is Joanna Clay. 
our associate producers, Chloe Chobel and Evan Jacoby. Yo, our production manager is Samantha Allison. And you know, editorial support, it comes from Nick White. Our music is by Asha Ivanovich. The concept is by Odelia Rubin and Shara Morris. Our engineers are Hans Del Sue and Josh Hahn. Man, guys, this has been an amazing time, man. This has been an amazing time. Have y'all enjoyed yourselves? Always. This has yeah. been phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, like, this is 10 episodes of some great stuff, man. How have you liked the first season? It's been great. It's been great. It's been, it's been a phenomenal. It's been good 10 episodes. We haven't made it to awesome yet. <laughs> but we're getting there. Almost. Maybe season way. two? Huh? For sure. So let's go ahead and thank the listeners of Urban Legends with the Ghost Brothers. We love you guys so very much. Hey, guys, and don't forget to rate and review us. I'm telling you, it helps other folks just like you find the show. And y'all want to hear another season, don't y'all? And listen, and it might just get us a season two more. Come on now. All right, y'all. See you soon.